Welcome into the Jaguars Reporters Podcast Week 15. J.P. Shadrick, Brian Sexton, Kai Stevens, glad you're with us today. And the Jaguars are coming off back-to-back losses in the AFC North. Trying to figure some things out and a tough week to figure them out against the number one seed. The Baltimore Ravens come to town. The game presented by Publix where shopping is a pleasure on Sunday Night Football. Before we get to that one, and we will, there's plenty to talk about the Ravens game. But Kai, I mean, the Jags are seven points different the last two weeks combined. I mean, they're in these games, but just little mistakes, a blown coverage here or there. And Missed they field goal. They can't get over the top. It's one thing. If it's not one thing, it's the next thing, Kai. And which is kind of scary to think if either of these teams had their starting quarterbacks or like their original rosters, what those game scores would have right. been because we're losing to, you know, four-string quarterback Joe Flacco and, and Jake Browning. So that's not super promising. And I think part of what at least for me has been troubling is, you know, we felt like they were kind of underperforming all year and they were very fortunate to not have any health injuries and they were kind of underperforming and now they have a lot of injuries to deal with. And that's not uncommon for this time of the year, but they all did pretty much come on Monday night football. And now the adjustments to not only are you making some of the same mistakes you made early in the season, now you don't have a lot of the guys that you used to have that maybe covered up some of the other issues. So I think it's all kind of coming together at the same time, and they're trying to figure out multiple issues on the team right now. I get it, but I watched the Titans and Dolphins on Monday night, and there was no reason that the Titans, with a rookie quarterback, with one of the worst offensive lines in football, that's only been you know worse, I guess, in recent weeks because of injuries, um, there's no reason why, and without their best defensive player, that, that they should win. It's, there's no reason why the Eagles, who are relatively healthy, should get blown out in back-to-back weeks. Nor the Chiefs, who are minus seven in the turnover ratio, should lose to Jordan Love and, you know, and, and a, a Bills team that's underperformed all year, too. This league is just so close. So things have gone badly the last two weeks, but you're a missed field goal from being tied for the second-best record in the league, despite not having played well. And, oh, by the way... Christian Kirk has played one play in the last two games, and your quarterback has been injured for most of one of those games, and you've scored 58 points. So it looks terrible, but it's not that far from being good. It's just the way it is in, in the NFL in 2023. There aren't any great teams. It's a weird year. That's what it is. And yeah, nobody's really blowing everybody out of the water. Um, everybody's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. You know, but let's get to a little bit of this offense and how it looks right now because without Christian Kirk you're leaning obviously on Evan Ingram and that's probably a good thing he's playing very well but hey Calvin Ridley from most accounts is sometimes running the wrong way and Trevor's not expecting him to go a certain way and the ball's going the other way and either it's picked off or it's incomplete or that in week 15 is concerning for me at least Kai. It's concerning and it's especially concerning when you talk about Christian Kirk being out because you need everybody else to step up and Calvin Ridley, who's someone you were very excited about getting on this team, and Trevor Lawrence don't seem to be on the same page. Maybe that's because they didn't have practice together last week, but as you mentioned, we're almost at the end of the season, so they should have a chemistry to some degree down of understanding what these plays are going to be. I've been really impressed with Parker Washington. He's kind of gotten thrown into the fire. Obviously, when Jamal Agnew went out, he went in to return kicks and punts, um, mostly punts right now, Um, and then now with Christian Kirk out, he's kind of filling in that role. Obviously, there's a lot he does not know, but I feel like what he does know 
though he's very good at. And he's sh- showing those flashes, and I'm hoping that he'll continue to progress as he gets more playing time. I'm confused because all we've heard the last two weeks are there are communication issues, right? Against the Bengals, it was all on defense. And against the Browns, it was mostly on offense, although you can point to a couple of breakdowns communication-wise on the big plays that the Browns got. A handful, right. Uh, this is a fairly talented team. I say fairly, right? I mean, they're pretty talented, and they're pretty well coached. And so you should get to this point of the season. You shouldn't be able to go, well, we didn't communicate. It was too loud. Or, you know, we had some breakdowns. You, you should be able to have a basic level of communication. And like Kai said, quarterback didn't play last week, or pardon me, didn't practice last week, and that does impact the play. And he was a bit off, whether it was the ankle or the lack of practice. they got to get the communication issues fixed. And, and while we're on that, mm-hmm. they got to figure out how to run the ball on third down and one. Oof. Right? It's third and one, your own 15-yard line, two plays into the fourth quarter, down 21-14. you got to take a deep shot? Come on. Empty the backfield. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to run the ball on third down and one. And you can't do that. They're not good at it. They don't have any confidence in it. But I'm telling you what. You have a quarterback with a brace on one knee, and now he's going to have a sore ankle the rest of the year. That's just the way it is. If you're completely one-dimensional, if you won't even try to run the ball, right? Or if, if you're so ineffective that Travis Etienne on six of his 14 carries was stopped for one yard or less six times in 14 tries, you got a problem. They've got to figure out who or what gets third down and two across the line to continue drives. Yeah, especially this week coming up. If all of a sudden you're not able to run and you're one-dimensional and you're third and six and, you know, second and long. And you're getting the same defense you got last week. They got the most sacks in the league. Yeah, 49. And they're spreading it out. I mean, they, they know what they're doing in Baltimore. So plenty ahead. We're back in a moment. We'll get into this Ravens-Jaguars matchup a little bit more on Sunday Night Football. This is Jaguars Reporters. Welcome back to the Jaguars Reporters Podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Ty Stevens, Brian Sexton. Week 15, Sunday Night Football. The first time the Jaguars, Kai, have been on Sunday Night Football since 2008. Look at all these firsts we have this year. It's fun. First in a while, I should say. Yeah, first in a long, 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 long time. You should have been here 95 with everything. Everything was, was new. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. At some point, you're like, please, no more. <laughs> right? Hey, that's the first punt return. Hey, that's the first fumble. Please stop. Did you do it every time when the game was on? You called it? It was a bad team. It's the first incompletion. It was a 4-12 and 12 team. So you were, you, were, you were riding the firsts. Reminds me of having to sponsor foul balls on baseball <laughs> oh. broadcasts. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. This foul ball is sponsored by this glass company. <laughs> yeah, right. God, it's a 15-pitch at bat. Yeah. All right, so the Ravens are coming in, and they are the number one seed. The Dolphins lost inexplicably, as you talked about, on Monday night. So, hey, the Ravens, not that they needed any motivation, Kai, but now they are the number one seed. They are in front of everybody in the AFC with four to go. Their schedule is really difficult ahead, but um, this is a really talented team. Both sides of the ball, they're playing the best football in the AFC. It's a, it feels like this season a lot of teams, they go on runs, right? <clears throat> and the Ravens are on one of their runs right now. They're, they're playing some of their best football um, earlier in the season. They had some, some issues on offense, trying to communication and all those things. Getting, but they seem to be in a better place with that now. And that's scary to see, especially with where the Jaguars are at and uh, trying to figure things out. But as we know, anything can happen any week. So um, I tried to... I thought I know what we would see on Monday Night Football, and we saw like the complete opposite, like a shootout between like Jake Browning and and. Yeah, you don't want to get too analytical on this thing because your analysis, which is based on what you know, it won't your be career, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the kids all say, yeah, come on. 
Um, I'll tell you, I've seen some Ravens, um, and they're good. They're they're a better team, and they're playing better right now. And that's not a good formula for this team. But I watched the the Titans score two touchdowns in four minutes against the Dolphins. And I, I get it. Tyreek Hill was out. Okay, well, what if Zay Flowers gets hurt, right? I mean, you, you don't know what's going to happen on Sunday night. My expectation is is that they will come out and they will play well because they played okay the last couple of weeks, but turnovers or, or the inability to get pressure on Browning, I mean, they lost by a combined seven points, as you mentioned. They're not that far from being able to steal a win, and that's probably what it is on Sunday is you, is you steal a win. I'm telling you, I, I watched the Eagles the last two weeks and thought, what, what, what where's their defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Peterson told us on Monday there is time for his team to play good football left. There's only four games left, but he believes there's time for them. Sunday would be a good opportunity to get that thing rolling. Again, if you win, you're right there with the Dolphins, right? And you'd be right there with the, you know, with the Ravens, a game back uh, of both of those two teams with three games to play. Okay. They've been it. they've been in pretty much every game. They've hung with good teams, even when they haven't played a complete game. They still haven't played that complete. All three phases are working at at highest capacity game yet. Yeah. yeah, you're right. This would be a good week to start that. The injuries are a question though, and Kai, the list is long. It's good news on the offensive line though. Walker Little could be back on the field this week. We'll see. I mean, Ezra Cleveland got through his knee injury. Okay, it sounds like. So let's see the status of the left side of the line, which has been in flux now really for most of the season. It's the line and it's the secondary that worries me too because, I mean, the secondary was having some of their own issues when they were healthy and now, you know, Tyson Campbell's out for however long. We don't know. Trey Herndon's still in the protocol. One good thing, Antonio Johnson's been getting some playing time and he's really showing flashes as well. It's kind of similar to Parker Washington kind of being thrown into things and and showing – great signs to get that strip sack against against the Browns on Sunday so that could be something good to come out of this um maybe a little bit seeing a little bit more from him but yeah I mean and you can't complain because injuries are to everybody at this point but it is newer for them to all deal with and all at the same time in the last couple of weeks so that's probably the biggest thing to kind of adjust to yeah I mean when you play these big games late in the year it sometimes comes back to the very basics of football the Jaguars have to be able to run the ball, and the, the Ravens give up 4.3 yards per rush, right? That is something that they can hang their hat on. Get out there and figure out whether you've got to run stretch plays or whether, and I've been saying this, please give Tank Bixby a, a couple of carries here Boy. and there. Just a few. He's in his last 10 attempts, right, he has four six-yard carries. You don't have that guy in the middle. I'm not talking about, about putting him in situations where he's got to pass protect, but give him a couple of opportunities just to hammer a couple of third down and ones. Last week, in a game where ETN and Ernest Johnson are banged up going in, they're on the injury report, Tank Bisbee got one snap, and it was as a fullback, I think, on short yardage. They don't trust his pass protection. That's the problem, and they were behind in that game. But there's going to be some moments on third down and two where a back like Bisbee, and remember last year, Travis Etienne fumbled the ball, what, three times? And there were two other instances where the ball was on the ground, and they didn't give up on him. So why is everybody so quick to point out a guy who's fumbled once? He's only fumbled once, folks, once. And that had to be overturned on the field so it could be reviewed, and I didn't think it was conclusive. Find a way to run the ball just on third and two or short. And then the other side of it is, 
the secondary, as Kai mentioned, has been so vulnerable. You've got to get pressure. You just have to. Guys have to win one-on-one. Trayvon Walker has to win one-on-one. And the pressure can't come with the all-out blitz because that's when they yeah, got scored on yeah, three you, times. Against you've got the, guys who can win up front. Go win. And then, yeah. Just oh, pressure. And if you get the pressure, you better not let Lamar get loose because he'll run about 70 on you as well, mm-hmm. which he's done in this stadium in well, college before. It. Yeah, no, we, And he's done it in the NFL Well, last year too. when he was here, he got free a couple of that's times. Right. And they didn't win, but remember, it took the touchdown at the end and the two-point conversion. So... It's just you've got to be able to run the ball and you've got to be able to rush the quarterback this week. Otherwise, if you can't do it, if, you, if we leave the field Sunday and we're looking at the stat sheet in the press conference early Monday morning, we say, man, they couldn't run the ball and there was no pressure on the quarterback, it could be ugly. I feel pretty good about it. I don't know about you guys. I like night games, so I think it'll be yeah. a good atmosphere. They'll have as good of a chance as they're going to have. So, And I'm going against the grain on this one because there's so many people that are just like, oh, it's going to be. No. No, look, don't believe that there is someone that this team can't beat. Not even the Niners, right? Give them another shot at the Niners. It can help it, right? I don't think there's a team in this league that you say, you can't beat them. Give them a shot. I say they will. They will get the shot. We'll have the pregame light show to go with it. Everything will be great. What an environment. Let's do it. Let's. The game is presented by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Kai Stevens, Brian Sexton, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. Oh, Joe Fortunato producing this thing up as well. This is Jaguars Reporters.